Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm Jenny, and I'm here with my co-host, Anna, and we are going to dive deep into a really interesting product that many of you canners might have heard of or might be interested in using, and that is Pomona's Pectin. So to get started, if you are brand new to pectin or what pectin's all about, we have an episode all about pectin that you can listen to. But to be brief, pectin is an element in fruit and vegetable products that give it its gel or its stiffness. And its animal counterpart is gelatin. So it gives fruit its stiff quality when cooked. So when jams and jellies are cooked, it's pectin that's making them spreadable rather than a liquid syrup. But Pomona's pectin is a unique product. And I'm going to ask Anna, tell us a little bit, what is Pomona's pectin? Okay, so Pomona's pectin is a simple two-part ingredient formulation. They send you one packet of low methoxyl citrus pectin and one packet of monocalcium phosphate. And the calcium is actually what thickens your jam or jelly. So it's not going to be the sugar content that thickens it along with your fruit. It's it's actually this two-part system. And I had never used Pomona's pectin before this weekend, but it totally saved my bacon. Wow. Okay. So can we explain how is Pomona's pectin different than regular store-bought in-the-box pectin? So normal store-bought pectin will either be made from citrus or from usually apples, like super unripe or the type of apple might be like a Granny Smith type apple. And they have tons of natural pectin. And you can extract that and have it be either in powder form or liquid form. And a lot of times in your pectin packets, there will also be the addition of citric acid or dextrose or some other preservative that can also naturally extract pectin out of your fruit. So that's kind of a rundown. Not every single pectin has those things, but a lot of them do. And I've found that Pomona's pectin was amazing for like a jelly that I was making, but I'm also excited to try it in other jams where I want to maybe do like a low sugar or no sugar jam. So that leads me to my next question. Why would someone choose to use this particular type of pectin rather than the more widely available, uh, just regular old pectin from the grocery store? Yeah. So you might use this if one, you're diabetic, two, you have food allergies to the corn-based products that might be in your pectin. 
I have a friend whose son is like deathly allergic to corn products. And she was like, I don't know how to make jam with without like a commercial pectin because a lot of them have like a corn derivative product in them. Also, Pomona's pectin is actually very affordable compared to your powdered box Mm. pectin. One box of Pomona's pectin makes two to four recipes, Mm. depending on how thick or, or thin you want your jam to set. So I found that it was like very affordable. I was purchasing the Serto liquid pectin for a couple of my pepper jellies. And one of those packets comes with two sleeves of liquid pectin. And it's like $6 at my grocery store. The Pomona's pectin that does between two to four recipes was on sale for $5.50. So I found that it was more affordable. That's really interesting. I think that the assumption is that the one packet or the one box of Pomona's does one batch. But if you can get between two to four recipes out of it, that is a, a less expensive product. Yeah. And I did four batches and I still had some left over, which I really? found to just be awesome. And granted, these were smaller batches of jelly, but yeah, I'd, I did four batches. It was fantastic. That is cheaper. Anna, tell us how it, how it sets. How does it set up for your jellies? Okay. So, so this weekend I had an event and I knew that I wanted to make this coconut lime jelly out of this drink that I use. And for some reason, it just was not setting. I had written down the recipe. It was one that I made myself and it was, I was using this liquid pectin and it just was not working. It was not setting very well. So I went to my local kitchen supply store and they had two different types of pectin. One was like made from a Dutch company and the other had like a really high concentration of citric acid. And so I I got both just to try. And the one with the high citric acid content was supposed to thicken your jam better. But I found that the strong flavor of the citric acid kind of overpowered the entire jelly. And it also didn't set. So I was like, never mind, I'm not going to use that. And as a last resort, I tried Pomona's pectin. I went to, I think it's called like uh, Good Earth. It's like a hippie market. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> is what I call it. And they had Pomona's pectin and it was on sale for like $5.50. And I was like, oh, I hope this works. And I was so excited when I saw it starting to thicken and work because I had tried, I think I had ruined six batches already. Ugh. And I was just so anxious to get it to set. And these drinks that I ordered to make this jelly, I only had ordered 12 cans of this juice. So I couldn't mess it up anymore. Like I had to find the solution. So Pomona's pectin was perfect. I'll just explain really quickly how to make Pomona's pectin because it is a little bit different than just dumping a container in your jam. So they have the monocalcium phosphate and you mix, I I believe it's like a half a teaspoon in a half a cup of water. And you put it in a jar and you shake it up with the lid on it. And then you add, I believe it's just a teaspoon to your batch 
And then you mix a half a cup of sugar with half a teaspoon of the citrus pectin. Uh, You mix that up. And then once everything is boiling, whatever you're making your jam, jelly, and then you add your sugar mixed with your pectin as it's boiling hard. You have to get it to boil hard first, and then you add that. And then you mix it in rapidly and you just stir it vigorously for about one to two minutes and you'll notice it's starting to like thicken up really fast. And I was surprised. And then they said to do a taste test and see if it's the sweetness that you want in your jam or jelly. And you can add more sugar if you'd like, but usually, you know, there's plenty of sugar to be had in a jam or a jelly. So I I actually didn't add more sugar or sweetness to my recipe. It thickened all on its own with the Pomona's pectin and it was just like a dream come true. This is incredible. So I think we should mention that all store-bought pectins or I guess I hate to use the word natural, but that's the word that's coming to me, more naturally sourced pectins like using seeds and cores of apples or lemons, all of that is creating a chemical reaction. Anytime you're taking a, a liquid and making it, changing its texture like that, it's it's a chemical reaction. So what is happening with all of these is a chemical reaction, but Pomona's pectin just uses different ingredients to achieve that gelled jam or jelly. And for people who are really thoughtful about their sugar intake, and or even more so those with a corn allergy, Pomona's pectin is clearly a total game changer. Yeah. And would you say that it's harder to use than a box of pectin? I think it's just a tiny degree harder just because you have to read the directions and they do have some recommended recipes in there. But once I figured it out, it was super easy. Right. It was super easy. And I just was so excited that it worked. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches super fast steam canning at startcanning.com. Use the code POD25, that's P-O-D 25, to get 25% off those courses today. So you mentioned the flavor of citric acid. So in many recipes, you don't notice the taste of citric acid. I think it disappears pretty well into many recipes. But tell us, Anna, what is the taste of that citric acid when when you know it? What is that flavor? <laughs> okay, it's it's super similar to like a sour patch yeah. kid or... I mean, that really is on the outside of a, of a Sour Patch Kid, but it's just like super tart, really tangy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I like it in small doses, but this pectin that they had recommended was like a super high concentration of citric acid along with the pectin. And it just completely changed the flavor of what I was making. So it was kind of a lose-lose uh, in my mind for that. <laughs> A double lose. Yeah, you can't have it taste bad and not set. That's not what you want. So yeah, so for some fruit recipes, that tart kind of complements like in a like a strawberry, for example, a strawberry jam or jelly like that. That fruit flavor does well with that little extra tartness. And that's why you don't ever notice like, oh, it tastes 
different, but you were doing a coconut, right? Well, tell, tell us about the recipe you were using it in. Yeah, it's a coconut lime recipe. And so it was already like a, a lime flavor in there. And it was just like zing zow, like too much, too, too much. And probably the delicate coconut was completely lost, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was able to use a lot less sugar in the recipe, which I think is great, you know? Right, right. I think for many of us, that's that's the thing about making jam is it's it's like fun. It's a great beginner preserve and it's delicious. But if you're ending up eating a lot of it, it's not like it's not the best thing to eat a lot of because it can be really high in sugar. This is a really great, I'm going to have to try this. I've never used pomonospectin. My father-in-law is a diabetic. I One, I wonder if he would notice that the jam was not as heavily sugared. And two, I wonder, it probably would be delicious. Mm. Have you used it in any other recipe, Anna, the Pomona Spectin? I haven't, but I'm excited to try it because there are certain recipes that I've used, you know, like an artificial sweetener in to act as a thickener and then maybe added like a low um, sugar pectin to. But I think this is going to be easier. Like I'll just use the fruit and then a little bit of sugar and then thicken it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to try it because I do, my father-in-law is diabetic as well. And I think that this would just be like so great for people who have diabetes or anybody really. Right. For those of you who've listened to our episode about getting your cottage food license and then just preparing and cooking jams for sale and or for the masses, I think that this could be a really powerful tool using Pomona Spectin because then if you're thickening with this product, you're able to say that there's no corn, right? And you're able to reduce the overall sugar content pretty significantly for the population of people that are interested in lower sugar for a variety of reasons. I think that's a really a genius way to use it, honestly. I will say that it not only uh, does it not use any corn derivatives, it's also vegan and gluten-free, which is always good for people to know when when you have your cottage food license. Anna, what is the next recipe you're going to use Pomona Spectin in? Okay, so I'm excited to take some of my Concord grape juice that I've canned that we haven't drunk yet and make some jelly. I'm going to just try Pomona's with with my grape juice and and see how well it thickens the grape juice because I haven't found a really good thickener for um, grape jelly. That sounds awesome. What about you? What are you going to make? I don't know. My my wheels are really spinning. I'm not sure. I, I want to try it in a, just a regular fruit jelly and then test it out on my very discerning father-in-law and see if he can tell that there's less sugar in it. As I've revealed twice now in this episode, I like to trick people with my with my canned products and, oh. <laughs> and deceive people. <laughs> Deceive people with my with my jars, but that yeah, I, I want to try it just in a fruit and see and see how different it is. Is there anything else you can tell us about Pomona Spectin, Anna? I don't think so. I mean, I know that you can um, on their website. I believe you can purchase it in bulk, and I might look into that. Of course, you will. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, I think this gives our listeners a really great tutorial on how to use a very powerful tool in food preservation. Be sure to check out our episode all about pectin if you want to learn more about that. And then we also have a great episode all about jams and jellies that will give you our very best tips on 
just how to make amazing jams and jellies. And you can apply what you learn from all of those episodes to your next batch of perfectly thickened jam. So thanks for everyone for being here. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.